Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Northgate Podcast. At Northgate, we value being a church of people of all different ages and stages of life. We believe that we are better together and that we have a lot to learn from each other. In this split series, we will be focusing on our children, teens, and seniors, and what valuable spiritual lessons we can learn from each of these age groups. Let's listen in. Anybody recognize themselves in those pictures? Would you do me a favor? If you were a part of Northgate Church before the year 2000, would you stand, if you don't mind, would you just stand for a minute? If you've been a part of the church since before the year 2000? Thank you. Thank you. You can be seen. Many of you would have seen yourselves in those pictures, and some of the people in those pictures have passed away. But we are recognizing this week the, the people uh, of our church who we would call senior I'm sorry, Tom and Linda, but senior citizens. Uh, I'm looking at them down here and thinking, they don't look like senior citizens. But, you know, uh, we are. We're, gather- we're into that group now. And, and uh, we take this time, we take three times a year to recognize three different groups in our church, all having to do with our core value of being intergenerational. We recognize on one weekend our young people, our children, and we recognize our youth on another. And this weekend we're we're paying attention to seniors. So that's what that intro video was about. Before I go on with the message, though, I want to mention two things um, that I want you to know about. One is that this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. So that's a centered night, prayer and worship Wednesday night at 6. And also next weekend is baptism weekend. Um, We have a number of people getting baptized, uh, at least half a dozen the last I knew, maybe more. Um, And we would love if you have a This Changes Everything shirt, that's the weekend to wear it in support of those who are getting baptized. So just wanted you to get the heads up on that. So we are um, celebrating our, our core value intergenerational. We say it this way, celebrating the gathering of all ages as they support each other's growth in Christ. And Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And that's what being intergenerational is about for us, being a church where we can, across the generations, share our love for Jesus Christ and encourage one another in our walk with Jesus. So today the message is uh, this, God's expectations for senior Christians. Start with a story couple goes to the doctor they're an older couple and uh and they're having some issues with memory which isn't unusual as we get older you know memory slips maybe just a little bit doesn't necessarily have to but sometimes we experience that so they go to their doctor to see if there's anything they can do and the doctor says well what i would suggest to you is that you begin writing things down that way that will help you to remember things so they go home and later that evening the wife says to her husband i'd like a bowl of ice cream He says, okay, I'll get you a bowl of ice cream. And she says, well, you better write it down, you know, because the doctor said that, you know, we should write these things down so we don't forget. Oh, I'll remember. It's just a bowl of ice cream, right? It's easy enough. Yeah, but I want a bowl of ice cream. I also want some whipped cream on top of that. Okay, fine. I'll get, well, write it down. I don't need to write it down. Bowl of ice cream, whipped cream. I got it. Yeah, but would you put a cherry on top of the whipped cream? And would you please write it down? Again, I'll remember this. It's so easy. Bowl of ice cream, whipped cream, cherry. I got it. Let me go get it. He goes to the kitchen. He's gone for a while. He comes back in with a plate of bacon and eggs. And she looks at it and she says, where's the toast? 
Thank you, thank you. So, okay. George Burns said, you know you're getting old when you stoop down to tie your shoelaces and wonder what else you could do while you're down there. Maybe you've heard that. Uh, made me think that maybe you're getting older than that when you ask yourself, do I really need to tie those shoelaces? Okay, this is better. When do you become a senior citizen? When, when is old? Isn't that funny, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager, it's like 30 is old. Is that still a thing? I know it was when I was a teenager, 30 was old. You know, when you're 30, maybe it's 60. When you're 60, it's 90. You know, it always keeps moving. Uh, Satchel Paige, uh, probably one of the greatest pitchers that we have ever had in our country. Unfortunately, in his time, he was a black man. He was not allowed to pitch in the major leagues until Jackie Robinson broke that barrier in 1947. Uh, Satchel Paige became the oldest rookie in baseball history. He started his career in major league baseball in 1948 at the age of 42. And he, he served, he, he, uh, he pitched for a couple of years and then he retired but he came out of retirement in 1965 to pitch three innings for the Kansas City A's. And he pitched three scoreless innings at the age of 58 or 59. Not sure exactly how old he was, but he was 58 or 59 when he pitched uh, those three scoreless innings. And he used to be asked, uh, you know, what he thought of age. And his response was, well, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? And I like that, right? Because for some of us, you know, age becomes this thing that's in our mind and, and, uh, and we start to think about it and we start to get old even though we're not, right? We start to, to um, kind of move into a place we don't necessarily need to. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? And I want to talk a little bit about um, staying, um, well, I want to talk about being godly. In fact, that's my main point here, is older Christians should be respectworthy and respected in the church. We need to cooperate. That's not my main point. That yeah, is my main point. Oh, gosh. See how it is when you get old? <laughs> this is exactly what happens. You just get more and more confused. You wondered why I announced my retirement. I saw it coming. I just... You know, I'll be babbling by July, and uh, you will, you'll be wondering why I waited so long. Anyway, thank you. Um, but that is my main point. Older Christians should be respectworthy and respected in the church, but we need to cooperate with God's Spirit as we age so that we can continue to be the people that God desires that we be. You know, the, the question we might ask is, we are getting older, but are we becoming more godly? Are we becoming more godly as we age? You know, life expectancy has changed in the United States. It's really amazing to think about. In 1900, the life expectancy in the U.S. was 47. 47 was the life expectancy for people in the United States. In 1950, 50 years later, it was up to 68. And in 2019, it was 79. What are we doing with all those extra years? What are we doing with, with the time that God has given us? right? More people are moving into retirement and they're, and they're spending more of their years in retirement than they have in the past because they're living longer. What are we doing with those years? You know, we can retire from a job. We can retire from a career. We never retire as Christians. We never retire as people serving God. 
but are we allowing God to continue to do his work in us so that we are ready and able to serve him the way that he would like us to? The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to church leader named Titus, and in it Paul gave some instructions about things that Titus was to teach various groups of Christians in his church. And I'm gonna read a few verses. Uh, we have one verse, and it's this verse, uh, Titus 2.2. 2. But I'm going to read a little bit around that. I want to read 1 and 2 and then verse 11 to 14. To Titus, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that heart is very own, eager to do what is good." Because Jesus has come, because Jesus has given us this new life and the, and the promise of eternal life, because he has promised to change our very character, who we are, because he's done so much for us, the response to that is, what can I do for you, Christ? What can I do for you? And one of the things we can do for Jesus is to allow him to, to continue to work in our hearts and in our souls and in our minds to build us into the kinds of people that represent him well, bring glory to him, bring honor to him. And this is what Titus is, is being instructed to do by Paul. And, and as I say, he talks about various groups in there. I'm gonna focus on the just the verse two where he says, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. And the first thing I want to point out is that he says, teach the older men. You know, there's this, this thing, this stereotype. It's one of the stereotypes of age, right? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks if the old dog doesn't want to learn new tricks, right? If the old dog refuses, but there's no reason we can't continue to learn and grow as we get older. You know, barring physical or, or other kinds of, of illnesses, there's no reason we can't learn and continue to grow in godliness as we grow older. It's also not true the opposite way. It's not true that just because I'm getting older, I'm getting wiser. You would think that that, right, the accumulated wisdom that comes with experience and years and age, that's not necessarily true either. I've known people who are well older than me who had, don't seem to have gained any wisdom in the living of their years. If we want to get wiser, if we want to grow uh, in, as we age, we have to apply ourselves and we have to let God do his work in us. We need to remain teachable. We need to put a focus on, on letting God to continue to form in us the attitudes and the character that he desires in us, just as Paul is saying through Titus here for the old men. The righteous, it says in Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will still bear fruit in old age. Well, we will bear fruit in old age if we are righteous. And to be righteous is to remain connected to God. So six things that he says uh, to teach those, uh, those older men in his congregation. First of all, as we age, we need to allow God to help us to be sober-minded, or it says in that verse, temperate. What does it mean to be temperate? It does not mean to be glum. 
and sober-minded. doesn't mean to be, you know, gloomy. It doesn't mean to take a, a dim eye on everything. It doesn't mean to look down or being unable to have fun. Uh, to be temperate or to be sober-minded means to be disciplined in our thinking. It means to be reasonable, not extravagant. It means to be moderate. It means that we set our priorities in order. You know, priorities change as we, as we grow. It's normal and, and not necessarily unhealthy for us as young people to be ambitious, right? To want to achieve things, to, you know, do as much as we can, experience as much as we can. And as we move through stages of life, you know, things will change. Priorities will change. We'll have families perhaps, and then our priorities will change around the family and raising our children and so on. And those aren't necessarily bad things. But there is this, this, uh, this, this trap that we can, we can fall into as young people people, right, where we begin to think that being ambitious, achieving things, accumulating more, you know, advancing through the ranks and all, that's what matters most. And you remember, perhaps from Ecclesiastes, where Solomon, he tried it all. He tried doing all of that, accumulating and achieving. And this is what he says, when I surveyed the, all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. What do we learn as we grow older? Well, hopefully we learn that what matters most of all in this life is our relationship with God and our relationships with each other. That those are the priority over all those other things, which may be good things and which we still can apply ourselves to, but they're not the main thing. The main thing, our relationship with God, our relationships with each other. It's what Solomon found out at the end of Ecclesiastes. He says, now all has been heard, in other words, I've studied it all. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Think about the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Just think about those. What do they tell us? The first part tell us to fear God, to revere God. The second part tell us how to live with each other. See, it's the relationships that we have with God and each other that matters most of all. And this is something, hopefully, again, we learn as we age, as we mature. Secondly, as we age, we need to allow God to help us to be worthy of respect. There's several places in the Bible where it says something like this in Leviticus 19, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God, I am the Lord. You know, God expects us to have respect for the elderly. That's why he says we're to stand in the presence of the age. We don't do that so much now, unless maybe it's on a bus and we're giving up our seat to somebody, but we're still to show respect to the people who have lived a long life in this world. I was, uh, I was thinking about this and watching a, a crime drama the other night uh, and thinking about how we show respect to people in the way that we describe them. And as I'm thinking about that, this, this young detective on this crime drama uh, talks to his, his uh, supervisor, his boss, and he says, they've just come out of uh, interviewing um, uh, an elderly lady, and he says, spare me from the little old ladies. Well, I'm not sure that that's really the phrase that we use when we are respecting the elderly, right? We have to be careful about the language you use. Or we show respect in the way that we listen to people. We consider their thoughts worth hearing. You know, when I was younger, uh, if I was with an older person and they began to tell me a story for the third, fourth, twelfth time, you know, there was a part of me, and I don't remember if I actually did this, I might have, but there would be a part of me that would say, okay, I've heard this, you know, I know, I know, I get the story. Can I tell you the ending and we can move on, right? Now, I, I visit elderly people and I never, I don't feel that way and I never say anything like that. Why? Because the respect is, this person needs to share the story. It's not about my 
my, you know, learning something new. It's about their need to share a story that's important to them, that means something to them. I visit a woman uh, here in the community who's 95 years old. She's wonderful to visit, wonderful to visit. And, and every time I'm with her, she'll say, now, she'll laugh, and then she'll say, now stop me if you hear that, if you've heard this. I never stop her, I hear it again. It's usually a great story, but that's part of showing respect, right? It's not about me, it's about this person's need to share a story with me. We show respect to people, including elderly people, by not stereotyping them, right? I mentioned a stereotype earlier, old people can't learn. That's a stereotype, right? It may take us a little bit longer, we may have to, to work it through a little bit more, but we can certainly still learn into our older years. I was reading about a woman from Sweden, Linnea, I'm not sure I'm saying her name right, Linnea Ingegaard Larsson uh, went skydiving at the age of 103. Pretty impressive. But then after her, Dorothy Hoffner from Chicago, who had made her first jump at 100, made her last at 104. Now, I wouldn't skydive at, at 50, <laughs> okay? But, you know, that's awesome, right? Don't you, we, we should not stereotype people just because they're older, right? They're still individuals and, and we need to treat them as such, that's respect. Now, we need to earn respect as older people and I'm not gonna say a lot, but you know, there's ways we earn respect. We don't call all young people irresponsible. We don't say that all young people lack common sense. We don't, you know, we try to be humble and kind and generous. And, and guys, there is an age at which you stop wearing skinny jeans, okay? You just do, that's gotta, that's gotta happen. We have to earn respect too. Um, for me, that was like 15, that's, okay. Next, as we age, we need to allow God to help us learn to be self-controlled self-controlled. This is part of maturity too, right? Is being able to control our passions, not just respond to, you know, sometimes older people, and, and I've heard this, and I'm not stereotyped, I'm just saying I have heard of older people who say things like, well, you know, I've reached an age, I can say whatever I want. Well, you know, okay, you can, but part of mature aging, godly aging, is to be able to control what I say, right? To control my passions, to control my, my feelings, right? To choose instead of just react or respond or just let myself do whatever I want to. Uh, that's part of godly aging too. There's a young man from the Old Testament who serves as an example of, of um, maybe the dangers of not listening to the elderly. His name is Rehoboam, and uh, he was uh, the son of Solomon, uh, who was the king of Israel after David. And when Solomon died and Rehoboam became king, he did a very good thing. He went to the older men who had served with his father and he asked them, uh, you know, what do you think I should do as king? How do you think I should treat the people? And the, and the older men said to him, if you would just treat them well, serve them, you know, just be good to them and, and patient with them and so on, they'll serve you forever. They'll be loyal and they'll serve you forever. And then he, he did a second thing. He went to young men his age and he said, well, how do you think I should treat the people? And they said, you be as tough as possible with them. You just put your thumb on them and you just ride them into the ground and you know, they'll have to respect you if you just be tough with them and hard on them. And so he listened to the young men instead of the older men and what happened? The kingdom got divided. And that was the end of the, the nation of Israel because 10 of the tribes in the north said, we're not gonna follow him. And they went off their direction and, and, uh, and the kingdom was divided from that point on. You see, there's wisdom that the elderly have for us from their life experience, from the things they've learned, and we need to listen to it. 
Well, that's the first half of what it says in Titus 2.2. What else does Titus say to us about aging well? As we age, we need to allow God to make us sound in faith. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And I think that's, that's a description of a godly person who's aging. Outwardly, we're wasting away. We all know it, right? Our knees, my knees hurting right now. Our knees hurt, our joints hurt. You know, it takes longer to get out of bed in the morning. You know, it's just that this is a part of aging. The body is wearing out. And, and you know, we look forward to new bodies someday in heaven, you know, and, and I think that's part of God letting these bodies wear out. He's saying, see, you don't want to be in that body forever. I'll give you something new one day, right? The body is wearing out. But what's happening on the inside? He says, inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. In other words, his faith, his, his relationship with God is growing stronger and stronger all the time, every day. And that's what we want to have happen in us. You know, older people, they've been through a lot. They've seen a lot. And if they're godly people, righteous people, and God has been a part of their life, they know how God has been at work in their lives. They've seen the miracles happen. They've also seen the times when God seemed to be silent, and yet God was somehow there encouraging them. They, they have been in the waiting rooms again and again and again. They've been through the operations or they've been with those who've been through them. They've experienced the deaths and the losses and the loneliness that comes with that. But God has been there and they've learned to trust in God and they've learned that their faith in God will be rewarded. And this is what, what Titus is saying. We need to let God make us sound or healthy, strong in faith. Secondly, as we age, we need to allow God to make us sound in love. Again, Paul from 1 Corinthians, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I am nothing. You see, Paul is saying you, you can have lots of skill, lots of ability, you can do lots of great things, you can have people look at you and go, ah, you know, but if you don't have love, it doesn't amount to a thing. God is not interested in all that you've accomplished or all that you can do unless you do it with love, unless love is a part of it. We need to be sound in love. You know, our affection for God ought to grow as we age. It ought to grow. And, and it's an affection that's not based on what God does for me or how he got me out of this jam or, or that kind of thing. It's just an affection for who God is, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about because you've been married a long time and you just, you love your spouse not because of what they do for you. You just love your spouse. You love being with your spouse. You just love being together. Right? And that's the kind of relationship that comes as we, as we mature in our relationship with God. I, I love God because of who God is. Not because he's done things for me, which he has, you know, personally, he's blessed me in so many ways. But I'm learning more and more just to love God for, for God, to love him for being God. And then lastly, as we age, we need to allow God to make a sound in endurance. Paul says in Philippians, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to be able to last. We need to be able to push on through hard times and, and through good times and remain faithful to God. We need to endure all the way. We want to endure as godly people all the way to the end. You know, I pray that on my dying day, I'm giving glory to God. 
Heard, of, heard a, a funeral message yesterday. We had a funeral here. Uh, I attended for because it was the father of a friend of mine. And, uh, and they talked about this man who passed away, 98 years old. And they talked about how he was still sharing the gospel with people right up to his 98th year. He was, just, he was still sharing God with people right up to his 98th year. That's what I want to be. I want to be a person who endures in faith, endures in love, endures with the gospel right to the end. There's an example of this from the Old Testament. Caleb, uh, you may know the story of Caleb. He was an older man we can learn from. Caleb was one of those who uh, was appointed by Moses to go into the promised land and to spy it out to see if the Israelites could take possession of it as God had promised them. And the 12 men went in and when they came out, 10 of the men said, we can't do it. These people are big, they're too strong, there's too many of them. We will never do it. We'll never be able to take this land. Only Joshua and Caleb were, were willing to say, we have faith in God that God will give it to us. If we go in, he'll give it to us like he promised us. But they were outnumbered by all the others. And, and so Israel ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And I wonder what Caleb thought about that. You know, I could have been at home in the promised land. Instead, I'm wandering through this desert with these people because they wouldn't believe God. They didn't trust God and what God had to say. I don't know if he thought like that or not. What we do know is that when they finally did come to the promised land 40 years later, uh, only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to go into that land from the previous generation. Only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to go in. And Caleb said, I am 85 years old and I will take my part of this land because I'm as strong now as I was then. Well, I don't know if he was physically as strong as he was in the past 40 years before that, but I do believe he was, he was spiritually just as strong, if not stronger. And he had complete confidence in God that God would do as he promised. You know, if we're blessed to live to 85 or 95, or some of you may live to be 105. Will we be sound in faith, sound in love, sound in endurance? We, we won't if we let ourselves drift, right? And drifting happens easily. But if we will remain connected to Christ, Day upon day upon day, God is faithful and he will keep us strong in love, faith, and endurance. Jesus said, and I close with this from John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As long as we are being nourished, fed, filled by Christ, we'll continue to grow godly in our older years. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the promise that, that it's you at work in us that is going to accomplish all that you want. All you ask for is our cooperation, our willingness to let you fill us and so we present ourselves to you this morning. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning who is resisting that, who is, who's, who's blocked you from filling their life, from taking possession of their soul, I pray that this would be the moment where they release that to you, where they offer themselves up to you, where they connect themselves to, to the vine. Nourish us, Jesus, feed us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. 
and make us the godly people that you desire us to be for your glory and our good. And we will give you the praise always in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Takeaway is from Isaiah chapter 46. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Thank you for coming together and worship this morning. Thank you for worshiping us from where you are in your home or elsewhere. Receive the benediction, the blessing today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you everyone for tuning in and being part of the Northgate podcast today. Your support and engagement have truly been incredible. If you like what you hear, then please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Northgate podcast. It's your enthusiasm and continued support that keeps us motivated and inspired to creating meaningful content that resonates with our listeners. So thanks again.